introduction is that one. I don't know how I'm ever going to live up to that one. <laughs> but just sitting there talking about Noel and I, I don't believe I've ever met a person just exactly. Uh, we all are made in different molds by the same God, like Brother Jack Moore. <laughs> He's certainly been, uh, Brother Noel just saying since I've been here with him, that's his son-in-law, and how he'd um, learned to love him and respect his wisdom and things, and that's, I can say amen to that, the many fine times that we've had together. He and I, Brother Brown, Brother Bootley are here. Fine man of God, that I really love them with all my heart. And then I, I see we're all not getting any younger. Well, I just think of the time now that watching this as we change since about 20 years ago, crossing the deserts and so forth together as younger man. But just knowing that there is a land where we'll never get old. We'll meet there again someday. Last night when I was leaving the tabernacle, a little lady laying back there on a cot. And she said, Brother Bram, years ago, I think she's been paralyzed. She said, you told me, I forget what the woman's remark was. Now, something like this, I hope that I don't misquote it. Said that this affliction I had would be for a purpose or something that she would have a baby. She couldn't understand how that would be done in her in that condition. There stood a young, handsome-looking young man. He said, I'm the baby that you had. He said, I'm the baby that you had. And so many things have happened along the road. We don't even have time here to talk it over. We will on the other side. So this businessman's chapter, I do not belong to any organization, I guess, as you all know, but I am. This is the only group I'm connected with or pack a fellowship card is their interdenomination is this businessman. They have been a great asset to me into the type of ministry that the Lord, our Father, has given me. It, uh, it wasn't exactly that I uh, don't like the organization. It's just the ministry that's given to me, and if I I'm not loyal to that call, then I'll be a disloyal person to God. And um, I'm thinking, just before I left Tucson, maybe many of you were there. One day I was in Los Angeles speaking to the chapter, and there was, uh, I had just raked the uh, organization maybe a, a, little, a little hard. Uh, I didn't mean to be that way. If you mean that to be me, then I'd be a hypocrite. You mustn't do that. No, that's just throw off on someone. But I talked about a tree that I saw in Brother Sherrick's yard that had about five different kinds of fruit on it. And I said, I've never seen a tree like that in my life. It was a, it had grapefruit, it had lemons, it had tangerines, tangelos, oranges, everything growing on the same tree. Well, I said, I sure don't get that. What kind of a tree is it? It's an orange tree. And I said, well, that grapefruit said, yeah. I, I said, how is that? So that's grafted. And I said, oh, I see. He said, they're all of the citrus family. And any tree that's of a citrus family, they think it can be grafted. I said, I understand. And I started shouting just a little bit, you know, because I am nervous and emotionally. So he said, uh, what's the matter? And I said, well, I was just thinking of something. And I said, now, I want to ask you a question. I said, now, next year, when the blooms come on, they won't be oranges, tangelos, grapefruit, lemons. 
They'll all be oranges because it's in an orange tree, Lauren. He said, no, no. No, each branch bears of its own. I see. So that still will sound real good because I'm, you know, I'm, of course I've got a degree out of Hartford and all these other universities. <laughs> so I'm, watch nature. That's the best university that I've ever found yet, the Creator's University. So if I watch that, I get my sermons from the way I see nature acting. I said, well, that just makes me feel real good. He said, what's the matter? I said, I just thought of something. So that day I was preaching on that. I said, now, you see, when the church first started out, it was Jesus said, I preached John 15, I am the vine, ye are the branches. And every branch that don't bring forth fruit will be cut off, burnt. And somebody just straddled my neck real hard on that said, you see, I thought it was actually once filled with the Holy Ghost and saved, you said he couldn't get away from it. That's right. He said, what about that? I said, now you're talking on a different subject. He's talking about fruit bearing there, not the vine. He's talking about fruit bearing and not the life. And he said, well, uh, cut the tree back so it will grow, bear fruit. He said, uh, I said, now see this tree when it started out was all genuine Bible Christians. Then along come a branch called Luther, Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, lemon, what more. And I said, you see, it thrives on the name of Christianity, but it's, it's living off of that tree, but it's bearing its own denominational kind. But I said, if that orange tree ever puts out another limb itself, it'll bear oranges like it did at the beginning. There had to have been setting up there ahead of a great, one of our greatest Pentecostal organizations. I don't know how to make it so everybody will understand that it isn't my idea that, that I'm, I'm against those brethren, sisters. That is wrong. I'm so misunderstood and I don't know why. People think I don't even believe that people go to church. That's a million miles from the truth. We must assemble ourselves together. That much more as we see the day approaching. We must come together in unity. We might not, if I lived in a city and they had nothing there but a, uh, well, some church, I don't want to call any name, but just any church that only believed one thing, that Jesus was divine, all the rest of it was wrong, I'd go to that church. If I can't get a whole loaf of bread, I'll, I'll take a slide. <clears throat> I'll go listen, worship the Lord, and show him that I'm doing my part. I want him to know I'm alive. I'm, I'm, I want everybody to know what side I'm on. I assemble with the Christians and their worship and, and serve the Lord. But it's so hard. I used to bother me so bad, and then I found out even our Lord was misunderstood in so many things. He'd say anything that he misunderstood. I guess it just has to be that way. But those who are wise will understand it. The Bible said so. They'll catch it. So this morning, while saying this, and I said, now, they, they live off of the name of Christianity, but they bear the wrong kind of fruit. It has a denominational fruit. They said a thing, and they're living right off of it, and living off the very life. What I was trying to say last night, that spirit can be baptized into that spirit and still not be a Christian. You're living right off of the same life. It's the fruit you bear itself what you are. 
They can do all the signs and pray for the sick and heal the sick and open eyes and cast out devils and, and do all these things, living right off the same life, but still, it's a lemon. The fruits you're knowing, Jesus said. And so then we find out that when I got off the platform, this great leader raised up and said, he didn't mean that. He said, we know that we're all grafted in. Well, that is true. We are grafted, stump grafted. That's right, but not in the vine grafted. So then he said, um, begin to kind of, kind of swear me back a little bit. And there was a young fellow there, I think it's some movie star's people. His name is Danny Henry. And he was a Baptist boy. Well, he comes to the platform to put his arms around me. And he said, Brother Branham, I hope this don't sound sacrilegious, but I believe that could almost be the 23rd chapter of Revelation. And I said, thank you. And he started to say something else, and he started speaking in time, a Baptist boy. And when he did, there was a, a woman from here in Louisiana. She was a Frenchman, kind of a big, heavy-set woman. She wrote down the interpretation. Then there's another young fellow saying over here was a Frenchman. He wrote down what he said. They compared the notes and they both was the same. And then a big light-headed boy standing way back in the back of Clifton's cafeteria come walking forth. He said, let me see those notes. I want to see what there was. And all three of them was the same for the interpretation. He was the interpreter for the UN, French interpreter. And said this, because thou hast chosen this straight and narrow way, the harder way, you've done it at your own choosing. But what a glorious decision you've made because it's my way. See? And said, and um, went ahead and said, then this in itself is that which will bring to pass and make, and bring shall pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. See, always, even in French, the verb before the adverb there in the, in, um, in the interpretation. So in that, I couldn't say, Moses, he made his choice. He had to make his choice. We all have to make our choices and do the best that we can. And God, I respect any man's message that he's given about God. I, whatever it is, I respect that with all my heart. Now, I see some young brother come, well, Brother Stringer, I think, from down in Louisiana, or Mississippi. Uh, brought us some pictures here that you see us watching it. It was of the angel of the Lord when it appeared. How many heard the story? I guess every one of you here has heard it. You've had it on tape and uh, so forth. Now that was told me one morning at 10 o'clock standing in my room in Indiana. Told me I would be at Tucson, be early in the morning. I'd be taking a cucklebur, what we call there a goat header, off of my trouser leg. And seven angels came and bursted just the ground bursted and everything else to uh, rocks rolled out of the mountains. And seven angels stood there. And I said, well, I told my wife, she's somewhere for present this morning, you get everything ready because no one, man could exist that. I said, come out of that. I'm going to Tucson. My work is finished here on earth. I'm going home to be with the Lord Jesus. Well, she said, are you sure? I said, yes. Now, no one could, could stand that. There's no way of doing it. I just preached the seven church ages. That's where I called our gallant little brother Jack Moore to ask him about this Jesus in Revelations 1 standing there with white hair and everything. I said he was a young man. And uh, that's where the revelation comes about that being a wig on and not him. His wig. And I couldn't understand it as being supreme deity. And the old judges used to in Israel had to be white-headed. And uh, 
the white stands for purity. And the English judges to this day and Supreme Courts of England put on a white wig when they come out because there's no other law above theirs on other things. And they're Supreme Judge. And um, I remember I went there in Arizona and everything, I tried my best, to, scared to death. I went to Phoenix meeting. And remember I preached the sermon, Sirs, what time is it? Remember that? I said, I seen that. I said, before it comes to pass, remember, thus saith the Lord. Something's going to happen. You probably got to take your library tape now. And there I said, you remember now the visions that never fail. Something's going to happen. Remember. And a few days after that, I was getting nervous. And I thought, what? I just, I'm going to die. I hope it's quick so I can get over it. I don't want to linger. One morning, the Lord said, go up the top of Sabina Canyon. And I was up there holding up my hands, praying. I felt something strike my hand. It was a sword. Now, you can just imagine how you feel standing there by yourself, and here's a knife in your hand about that long. I pulled it down and looked at it. It's just a knife. One of them. Now, I'm scared of a knife anyhow. And it had a, it had a, a metal, something like one of these knives, like a pot metal or something real sharp, narrow. had a sheath around it here where the duelers used to keep them cutting one another's hands. And it had a pearl in the handle here. Just fit my hand exactly. I rubbed my face and looked back. Right on that same spot the other day, I saw a little white dove come down. I'll tell you about that later. And uh, I was holding that in my hand. I thought, that's strange. I, Lord, I, am I losing my mind? There's no one here. I'm miles from anybody. And here is the sword. I had my hand up, and where did it come from? I thought, that's the strangest thing. I was here. It's a sword. See, it isn't sword. I said, there's nobody here standing here. I'm up on top of these rocks. Come on top of the mountain. You couldn't even see Tucson from there. so far down. I thought, now that's a strange thing. Now it's got to be in this vicinity somewhere, somebody that could create and make a sword and put it in my hand. I said, it could only be the very God that created Ram or Abraham. To create those squirrels that you've I said, here is a material, three different kinds of material in it, and I'm holding it in my hand just as real as anything else I could hold in my hand. And I heard a voice say, that's the king's sword. I thought, now where did that come from? Right along there in them rocks somewhere. And I held it in my hand like that, and I said, a king's sword. And I looked around, and the sword was gone. And I said, a king's sword. That's to they knight with the sword. I think that's right. The army or some way they knight with it. You know, and I said, well, that's what that was probably for. It means that maybe I'm to lay hands upon ministers or something like that to make them ministers. And then uh, a voice spoke back and said, the king's sword, not a king, the king's sword. I thought, now I'm either beside myself, my mind is set. Or there's something taking place, there's somebody standing around here by me. And brethren, these things are true. I don't, I don't know how to tell you. You've always seen it always happen that way. And it's a, I couldn't understand it. So it's the strangest feeling. And I, there and I thought, now, ever who that is, it's talked to me all my life since a little bitty baby boy. Just standing right here and I can't see him at all. I said, the king's sword? That would be God is the king. 
And what is the sword? The Word. It's been placed in your hand. So don't fear of death. It's your ministry. Oh, my. Down off that mountain, I went crying, screaming at the top of my voice, jumping over rocks. I went down and told my wife, I said, I'm not going to die. It's, it's, it's my ministry. I told her to get with Billy Paul here and take the children. I said, I don't have anything, but the church will see that you all don't go hungry and things, and I, I'll meet you across the bar. And, uh, and so I said, no, I'm not going to die. It's something about my ministry. A few days after that, I come out from a meeting, had a three-page telegram from over here at Houston, Texas. And that man had criticized me so bad tonight that the angel of the Lord was taken, the picture of it taken there at Houston. He called me up and said, and sent a telegram. The wife said, I know, Brother Bram, you're busy. My son, Ted Kipperman, sister's boy, is sitting in the death row to die in the chair. He said, what if that was Billy Paul? He said, he and the little girls got to die. You all read the paper, of course. He said, the only hope we have is for you to come hold a meeting and get the people together. And Raymond Hustred already wrote me several times. But you know, I planned at that meeting to go on a hunting trip with Mr. McAnally and I thought, well, if I let them kids die and don't put my effort forth, I'll never be able to go hunting again. So I said, all right, I'll come. I come over to Houston, had the meeting, and of course the, they never killed him. They just said, give him life. And that's what they wanted him to do, just give him life. So that's about 21 years, I guess, in, in Texas. So then, going back, I went up in the mountain, and um, I went with Brother Fred Stockman. He's here somewhere. Brother Fred, where are you at? Right here. Brother Fred Stockman, Brother Gene Norman. One day, the second day sitting there, the angel of the Lord came right down into the camp where we was at and began to tell about their children and things they were doing. I left and went back on the hill and I'd already got my javelina and I was trying to chase one around to Brother Fred. So I found where they'd been eating on the side of the hill and I said, well, now I'll tell you what I'll do to Brother Fred. I said, now you go over on that point in the morning, we go up there at daylight, climb up over the mountain. And go there at daylight, I'll get over on the other side. Now, I won't shoot one, but if they run this way, I'll shoot in front of them and turn them back. They pick out a big one. All right, he said. So Brother Fred went over there, and Brother Gene Norman. I don't think Brother Gene come, did he? Uh, uh, he, was, he was on the other side. Many of you know Gene Norman, a bosom friend of many. Fine brother. And he went down a little below. Or the and pigs, they just wasn't there that morning. I could see Brother Fred wave at him. He was about a mile away from me. Well, I thought, where could they have went? I went down into a great ravine and come down. I thought, let's see if I can find where they're at. Started back up just a little after daylight. The sun was just again coming up. I went around a great big chasm. Oh, my, hundreds and hundreds of feet this great dropped in that great uh, canyon there, the big walls. And it's kind of getting, the sun was raging up about 7 o'clock, I guess, or something like that. And I sat down. And I was looking around, I had to look down on my trouser looking, and there was that bullhead, burr. And I said, you know that same strange? You know the angel of the Lord told me? I'd be about 40 miles northeast of Tucson. I'd be picking a bullheader off of my leg. Remember it? And I said, that's strange, that's holding. And just as I looked up, I seen about 20 hogs, about 500 yards from me, come out eating this little fillery and lay down. I said, now if I can just get Brother Fred and get him around to that point there, to get his hog right there. But I know he's about a mile or two from me now. So I said, if I could cross on this little ridge without them seeing me up with this little juniper tree there, 
I said, if I get around this side, the deer trail comes down this side, I can run up there and get out of the way and hang a little piece of paper here where I know which one of the fingers to go out on, on the canyon, and get the thread there just in time. I pulled this little bullhead down, forgetting about that, and started across the hill real easy, and looked back, they didn't see me, run down, hit this deer trail, I had a great big black hat on. I started running up to this canyon real fast, and it happened. The whole earth shook everywhere. Rocks that size rolled down, dust flying like that. And I looked at stand before me, said, seven angels. Exactly I felt like I stand way up off the ground. First, I thought somebody shot me. You know, that black hat on looked like a javelina hog. Anyhow, I got they're dark. I thought somebody shot me such a right coast. And I, I seen then what it was. Well, as soon as I got my commission in the scripture, the seven seals, which is the seven mysteries. See, someone said to me, he said, now, I always said, well, now, someday the Lord, probably you seeing visions, Brother Brad, will reveal to you what these things are. We can all get closer to God and have more power than we get to speaking in tongues and things. I said, it can't be that way. Oh, see, I believe the word to be the truth. And the Bible said, whosoever shall add one word or take one word from it. It has to be in this word. See, it's the mysteries of the people's overlooked. Well, right there is where comes my message, the serpent seed. And the true belief of the security of the believer. I'm not disgrading my Presbyterian brethren there and some of you Baptist brethren on the way you have security. I'm not saying this to be different, but you didn't have it just right. But I had it wrong too. But when an angel stands from heaven and tells you, here it is right in the scripture, uh, that's true. See, it always speaks exactly with the scripture. In there, I watched it until that circle went up, started sweeping up, and it turned into like a mystic light, like a fog, just exactly the way. How many seen the picture of it? It's like in Houston. Well, that's just the way this was. It turned into the same thing. It kept going higher and higher. I was running and running, trying to find Brother Fred. Then, after a while, about half hour later, I could see him way down, waving his hands, and Brother Gene coming, waving. They know something happened, and so and I got with him. That's Brother Fred sitting right there. As it went up, I didn't know that the observatories and things coming to Mexico was taking that picture. Life magazine packed it as it went up, and many of you, here's Life magazine packing the picture of it. A mysterious thing here, they said they don't know where it comes from. It's too high above all the spheres and everything else to be, it's too high for fog because it's 30 miles high and 27 miles across after we got up that high. There's not even humidity or nothing up there. See. And they thought of a plane, so they checked all the places. No planes up that day. See, they have to, they're all kind of shaking windows and things. There's no planes up. Here it is right here in the magazine to tell you the same thing. And, uh, and it went on and on. It's a day right in the, here it is in Science Magazine, where they can't understand. They don't know what it is. Tucson, at the university. A friend of mine wrote the other day and was talking to him about said, we can't understand what I said, don't say nothing. Don't do no good. Cast not your pearls before swine. It's to the church, to the elected, they called out. And then each one was coming and saying, Brother Bram, I see your picture here. I see this. I, you know how it is. But that, that long sweep that this brother has on here where Here's the way it started up, sweeping up. Actually, this is on the right-hand side, and you all remember I said the noted angel was the one that talked to me. It was on the right-hand side even before it happened, you remember? His wings pointed back like that. That's exactly the wings of that angel as it went up. Yeah. So they started taking the pictures because it was so mysterious. 
But when the last picture, when it formed itself into the skies and so forth, this is it. As, uh, look here, Paxton, you see how it goes up just as they begin to see it, you see? And there comes the, the real main and last picture when it formed. They don't know where it come from or where it went. They don't know yet. Science is completely stumped by it. They don't know what happened. But we know. There shall be signs in the heaven above. And he promised these things. See? And the only thing that this was permitted to be taken, I know we're just home folks here this morning. If I ever impress you, brethren or sisters, as a know-it-all, please forgive me. I don't mean to be that. I'm sitting here this morning talking before men who are scholars, men who are smart. Uh, I'm uh, illiterate. I can't even pronounce my scriptures right. I got a chapter to read this morning. I'm going to ask one of the brothers here to read it for me because I can't even pronounce the names in it. First Chronicles 13. You will, Brother Jack, and be hunting up for my subject. I'm good as he can pronounce it. And I know I'm talking to a smart man. But, brethren, these things are done that you might not look at my literacy, but believe that I'm telling you the truth that God comes to the truth. That's the truth. Now, and when I speak of denomination, I'm not meaning for you to be so cruel and no, I don't mean for you not to go to your church. Go to your church. What you're supposed to do. But just don't join up with them organizations. Because one day I'll be telling you and prove it by the scripture, it is the mark of the beast. And you just remember, it's the mark. I'm preaching. I wouldn't preach it in Brother Zach's church. He'd tell me, go ahead and do it. But I'm going to Tabernacle. It'll be about four hours long. Uh, my subject is the beast at the beginning and the beast at the end through the trail of a serpent. It takes about four hours. I got my scriptures all laying out. The beast from the beginning. He was the beast at the Garden of Eden. He's the beast at the end. And show that he's a religious person and a denomination that made the denomination and come right through the trail of it and prove it to you by the scriptures. That it is. I didn't know that until the Holy Spirit gave it to me the other day up there. Now, in this, I was watching this one day, standing, and something said to me, looking at it, and I thought, Brother Hickerson, one of my trustees or deacons at the church in Jeffersonville, so I don't believe in going to church, why do I have church? We had them all across the country, hooked up the other night. Every 200 square miles had one of my churches. Now, this, this picture I was standing looking at, and something, I was standing in my room, Something said, turn it to the right. Now listen, I know that sounds like somebody's a little mentally upset. But you see, as I said the night, all these great things are so scholarly. Now, I'm not against that. Remember, we have to have, I'll send your children to school and get education and so forth. But I'll tell you right now, it won't do them no good in the world that is to come. Because there'll be another civilization so far above this. That civilization won't even have any, it won't have any schools in it. It won't have any death in it. There won't be any sin in it. This has all that. No matter how much civilized we get, more and more death is added all the time. That'll be without death. But now we have to have school. We have to wear clothes. We, I was going to speak this morning on Satan's Eden. Many of us got the tape of it. Satan's Eden. He has made another Garden of Eden in 6,000 years. It's taken him to make it just like God did his at the beginning. God made his Eden and Satan corrupted it. Now Satan's made his own Eden and God's going to destroy it. Okay. Something said to me, turn it right. Oh, I think I'm looking at it right. said, turn it right. Okay. 
I thought maybe that voice means turn it to the right. And when it did, you see what it is. Hoffman's head of Christ at 33. Look in there, see his black beard and face, his eyes, his nose, and everything else. See the part that's there, here comes it. And he's wigged with that white angel wig to show that the message of him being God is the truth. He is the supreme judge of the universe, supreme judge of heaven and earth. He is God and nothing else but God. He is God expressed in human form, called the Son of God, which the Son was the man. And if that don't make our message exactly right, identified by the Scripture, identified in service, identified by His presence, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, those seven seals are the truth, brethren. You might disagree with them, but just sit down and study with your open heart and eyes. Just let the Holy Spirit lead you from When Brother Jack, I called him before preaching this and talked to him one time about what was this white wig. He said, well, Brother Bram, I declare it to be that it was in his, after his resurrection in his glorified body. I talked to Brother Jack. And there's, I don't know of anybody in the world that I rely on any more of their uh, teachings on theology and things that I would like Brother Jack Moore, Brother Bale, and such men as, as that. Real theologians. It's read all kinds of books from different angles from everything. Well, but you see, even with that, in my bosom friends, uh, I, I just couldn't receive it. There was something there I just wouldn't take it. And then when it comes this, then I see what it is. Here's his dark beard. You've seen it again. His dark beard, dark hair, his eyes, nose, everything just perfectly. And even the part is there, come over on this side. He is God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And uh, this is Look Magazine, or Life Magazine. I think this is the, um, uh, I forget what issue it is now. Oh, May the 17th, 1963. That's when it come out. If anybody wants the magazine, it's the same picture. It's got Rocky Fella and his, his wife on the back of it. And this is a new science magazine that is still a mystery. What did I say these things for? That it might give you a little view of the things that we're trying to say that God is identifying both in heavens and in earth to be right. These discernments, visions, we have plenty of impersonations. We always, but remember, before there could be a bogus dollar, there has to be a real dollar first. First has to be a real dollar. And then they're made off of that. It's like we had a real Moses and a real Aaron. Then we had a Jefferson Johnson. After them. You see how it all comes? They see it and then they try to impersonate that one is truly one original. Not saying that to harm or to degrade or misplace something, but just for truth to know that I'm getting to be an old man. And I know my time ain't too long. If Jesus tarries, I, I could stay a little while. But I know that someday this heart's going to make its last beat. And I'm entering into a great dark chamber there called death. But when that comes, I don't want anything to have to look back for or try to repent for. I want when I come to that time to be clean and pure by the grace of God. I want to wrap myself in the robes of His righteousness when I enter there, 
with this one thing in my mind, I know him in the power of his resurrection. And when he calls, I'll come out from among the dead and live with him forever. And it's my purpose here now to try to get every man, not to change your theologies or nothing, but to increase your faith in God's promise of this day. Now let us pray. Dear God, we are a grateful people this morning, but yet, Lord, we're living in a dark world. There isn't one of us here this morning, Father, but what feels that we, we want a closer walk with you, we want that, that touch of you in our lives that can tender us, make us uh, flexible so that you can change us at any time, mold us into sons and daughters of God. That, that's our purpose here, Father. That's, that's my only uh, objective that I have is to try to, uh, to live before you and to get your word and speak it back to the men and women, that not to be a different person, but to try to honor him who has given me life. Grant it, Lord. May there not be a person here today uh, or it, it, we're hooked up this morning across the nation again. May there not be a person that, in the sound of her voice, ever have to go into that great chamber not knowing you in the power of your resurrection. There'll be sinners somewhere across the country that are in this building, this great auditorium sitting here this morning. If there are those who don't know you, may this be the day that their conscience will be shook. Woke up. And they'll realize that they don't know what minute that we may be called or summoned to answer for our lives on high. And if our name is still on that stock book, doom we'll be. But if it's in the Lamb's book of life, real life, then we are saved. And may, Lord, as that life travels from the blade into the pollen, into the shuck, then to the grain. While we're passing through this morning, if there be some life that goes into the grain that's laying back in that stalk, bring it out today, Lord. May it follow the moving of the grain. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry to take so much time. I forgot about this even being on the radio time out there, the phone time. Now, let us turn for our reading. And Brother Jack, if you got your Bible there, while I'm finding my scripture, I'll ask Brother Jack to read this scripture because I cannot pronounce these names. Uh, in the First Chronicles 13. And David consulted with the captains of thousands and hundreds and with every leader. And David said unto all the congregation of Israel, If it seem good unto you, that it be of the Lord our God. Let us send abroad unto our brethren everywhere that are left in all the land of Israel, and with them also to the priests and Levites which are in their cities and suburbs, that they may gather themselves unto us, and let us bring again the ark of our God to us, for we have we inquired not at it in the days of Saul. And all the congregation said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all the people. So David gathered all Israel together from Shahor of Egypt, even unto the entering of Heman, to bring the ark of God from 
Kirjath-Jerim. And David went up and all Israel to Bala, that is, to Kirjath-Jerim, which belonged to Judah, to bring up thence the ark of God the Lord, that dwelleth between the cherubims, whose name is called on it. And they carried the ark of God in a new cart out of the house of Abinadad and Uzzah. And Ahau gave the cart. And David and all Israel prayed before God with all their might, and with singing, and with harps, and with songs, and with timbrels, and with cymbals, and with trumpets. And when they came to the threshing floor of Shedon, Uzzah put forth his hand to hold the ark for the oxen stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and he smote him. And because he put his hand to the ark, and there he died before the Lord. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. Wherefore that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of God that day, saying, How shall I bring the ark of God home to me? So David brought not the ark home to himself to the city of David, but carried it aside in the house of Obed-Edom. For the Gittite and the ark of God remained with the family of Obed-Edom in the house three months, and the Lord blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that he had. Thank you, Brother Moore, for the reading of the scripture for me. Now, 